This is Radio 4. That was an inexplicable silence. For those of you who missed it, it will be repeated throughout the day at regular intervals on Radio 3. And now it's time once again for our cultural exchange with Radioactive. This week, coming live from the mecca of the cinema world, Mecca. Uh, nice. Sorry, niece. One of the most eagerly awaited pictures here is Steven Spielberg's latest, and although it's not yet finished, the audience of dinner-jacketed celebrities are all eagerly waiting outside the chemist for the film to be developed. <laughs> Andrzej Wieder, the Polish director, has also scored a notable hit at the festival with a follow-up to his films Man of Iron and Man of Marble, called Man About the House. <laughs> and starring Richard O'Sullivan as a disillusioned steel worker in Gdansk. <laughs> whose ex-wife has moved in next door to him. Nice. Australian cinema has had a big impact in recent years, and their entry here in Nice is the epic I'm Just Going Out Back for a Minute. It's very much in the same style of recent Australian films, lots of beautiful scenery, marred only by a lot of rather bad Australian actors standing in front of it. And the great Japanese director, Korosawa, is here. He, of course, made several film versions of English plays, such as Macbeth and King Lear. And the great Japanese has turned his attention to another classic of the British theatre, the importance of being earnest. Ho chow so sushi mao chow lo chow lady black no. Ah, waka sawa, Mr. Watting. Ah, waka. Mr. Watting. <coughs> oh, I uh, saw a yucky bowl boy in no handbag. Ah, handbag? Oh, sorry. Waka wasaka, sushi waka? Oh, kawako, we saw a Brighton line. Waka waka, wa handbag? Ha, hana waka hana ha? Hana ha, na handbag. Ha, ha. Well, much controversy has already arisen over the new Bo Derrick film, Queen Elizabeth the Movie. And with me now is its director, John Derrick. Uh, John, one or two people have claimed that your depiction of Elizabethan England is somewhat wayward. Yeah, I felt that was a little harsh. Mm. Is it uh, historically accurate, for example, that Queen Elizabeth wore only a G-string on the throne? <laughs> well, there's a certain amount of artistic license exercise there. Mm -hmm. uh... Or that her courtiers wore cob pieces shaped like rhino horns. Yeah, well, again, uh, that was a stylistic effect. And uh, her, night of... her night of passion with Essex. Yeah, right. Yes. Now, as far as I remember, Essex was a man. <laughs> Not an entire county, as you portrayed. 
I must say, I always thought uh, Sir Francis Drake uh, put off defeating the Armada to finish a game of bowls, which is uh, <laughs> hardly as you depicted it. Well, there is no concrete evidence of that, mm-hmm. of course. But there's even less concrete evidence that suggests he was wrestling naked with Sir Walter Raleigh in a vat of red jelly. <laughs> Yeah, but don't forget that Raleigh had just come back from America. On a hovercraft, as I remember. Now, having just discovered tobacco, yeah. In a cigarette machine, yes. <laughs> I'm afraid I have to say I found the film grossly inaccurate. Well, the way I look at it, there'll always be people wanting to criticise. Well, as long as you keep making crap like this, there will be, yes. This year is, of course, the fifth year of British Film Year. And it's being marked in spectacular fashion here in Nice by a major retrospective of carry-on films. (laughs) And also by a new British film, Poppycock. Leading actress Julie Jawson, what's it all about? Well, Michael, it's all about a heroic woman who breaks up with her rather dull husband and forges an exciting new life on her own. Mm-hmm. Co-star Gareth Bowles. I see it as the story of a decent man whose neurotic wife leaves him. Mm-hmm. Producer David Butterman. I say it's a story of how a handsome young film producer single-handedly rescues the British film industry. <laughs> Director Roland Rowlands. I see it as a chance to show off. Mm. <laughs> Well, at least someone's being honest. Well, someone else who is determined to do his bit for British Film Year is our chairman, Sir Norman Tonsil. Like many people, I regret that today's cinemas have become unpleasant and seedy places. And nobody wants to sit in the dark uh, next to an elderly gentleman fondling himself under a plastic mac. And this is probably why I often find myself sitting in a row of my own. Anyway, I have uh, decided to finance a return to the golden age of British cinema, the 1950s, the days when the quality of British films was legendary. And to this end, I have signed Norman Wisdom to a five-picture deal. (laughs) Of course, I realise that to some people a Norman Wisdom film might appear a little outdated in the 1980s, so in order to be contemporary, I've arranged that halfway through the picture, Norman will be decapitated by a mad axeman with a hatchet. (laughs) It will be played appropriately by uh, Ian Carmichael. (laughs) Nor am I unaware of the attraction of television stars in cinema today, and I am therefore delighted to say that I have also signed a five-picture deal with Ian McGaskell, and in his first film he will play the role of a genial weatherman who is decapitated by a mad axeman with a hatchet. Well, I understand Oyvind Vinstra is talking to the star of Witness 2. It doesn't say what he was a witness to. Ah, Witness 2. Yeah. I'm with uh, Harrison Ford. Hi. Tuck. <laughs> Harrison, uh, Well, Oyvind is indeed talking to Harrison Ford, and had we known it was going to be entirely in Norwegian, we wouldn't have bothered listening. <laughs> Let's turn now to Martin Brown, who's out on the beach. Here he is now, Martin Brown. Wow. Hello. Um, well, with me, I've got a couple of uh, a couple of uh, of people, and uh, they're going to play a film quiz that I've specially devised for uh, for. 
Good, then. So, uh, uh, first off, here's a piece of film dialogue that I've uh, scrambled. Uh, can, you, can you tell me what it is? Frankly, my dear, I don't give it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Frankly, my dear, damn, I don't give her. And any idea where that's from? Uh, Buzz, it's mm-hmm. from Gone with the Wind. It is, yes! Uh, any idea what the actual line is? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, well, if that's your attitude. I see, no, no. Yes, uh, what points to you then, Peter? Can you, can you, um, can you tell me? This is a trick question, okay? Uh, what was the sequel to the film Rocky called? Rocky 2. It is Rocky 2, yes, yes, and uh, not Rocky 11, as many people might think. <laughs> me for one. Okay. Uh, the next question, I'm going to give you a sound effects clue. Ready? Right. Okay, I'm going up the steps now. One, two, three, four. Buzz five, the thirty-nine steps. Six, seven, eight, nine. Is it the thirty-nine ten. steps? Yes, it is. But I haven't finished giving you the clue yet. There's quite a bit more. Nine, ten. Why can't we move 11. on? Because the tide's coming in. All oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, so the final question: What is the title of the film that this song comes from? Sound of music. Sarah? The sound of music. Well, you're both right. Uh, but I would have also accepted The Hills Are Alive with. Uh, so that's it. I'm afraid the station uh, don't allow me to give any prizes, actually, but I'm delighted to be able to give you something out of my own pocket. So there you are, Peter. There's a handful of fluff for you. And, uh, and Sarah. Uh, where's, where's Sarah? Oh, is there, is there a lifeguard anywhere? The faces full of famous faces, shady deals in shady places, clamor of the movie screen makes everybody very keen to come here so that they are seen. So everyone who wants a piece is like a lot of packing geese. They all come down to Nice and join the festival. Hmm, snappy. Here in Nice, a shipload of pirates have just arrived on board a galleon to publicise Roman Polanski's film Pirates. And they seem to be getting on rather well with some mermaids who are out in the harbour advertising the sequel to Splash. That is, until Steven Spielberg arrived to publicise Jaws 4 by releasing a load of killer sharks into the water. Over to you, Mike. Yes, indeed, and Sylvester Stallone is here publicising his new film about a nuclear attack on Russia by launching a nuclear attack on Russia. (laughs) Well, the two people who have dominated the festival are the new proprietors of pop-gun films, the Bagel Brothers. Now, the first thing I noticed about them when I joined them in their office was that they were not actually brothers. And the second thing I noticed about them is that they're not actually both men. Hi. 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 (laughs) Now, uh, Globus, turning to you first, uh, how do you attribute the sudden success of your company? Well, we think big. And, of course, we both love films. We're just like white-eyed, innocent kids. Uh Uh-huh. And that's why your main film here is The Man Who Had His Brain Torn Out. But don't forget we also made a follow-up to Bambi. Oh, yes, Bambi meets Driller Killer. And also, Missing in Action 5. Now, surely by now you must have got out all of the Americans who were left behind in Vietnam. Yeah, but this film is the story of how we got out the film crews we left behind <laughs> making the other Missing in Action movies. Across the prairie and riding tall When the bone and looking brown With their bum 
Farmer Jack gets and their snazzy shades. The radioactive gang's in town for the Needs Festival. Well, nearly everyone who is everyone is down here in Nice, and that's probably why Mike Channel isn't here. But we can hear from him now, back in England. Uh, yes, while the rest of the radioactive team is off sunning itself in Nice, I'm once again playing Twelfth Man, it seems. But today I've been detailed to bring you a report on the state of the British cinema. And let me tell you that few cinemas can be in worse state than the one I'm in at the moment, the Gaumont Empire on the Isle of Dogs. <laughs> it's a multi-cinema complex, and I'm in screen two, where they're showing Porky's Four. Unfortunately, I was supposed to be in screen five, watching Caravaggio, but uh, since there are no lights in any of the corridors, I stumbled in here and was greeted by an asherette who was looking the other way, and instead of tearing my ticket, tore off the top of my finger. <laughs> she was most insistent that I took my allocated seat, and I was therefore somewhat surprised when the lights came up to reveal that there were only two other people in the cinema. Uh, one of them was six foot tall and sitting in front of me, <laughs> and the other one was sitting behind me with his feet on my shoulders. <laughs> well, we're just waiting for the film to start, so I'll just have a quick cigarette while I'm waiting. May we remind patrons that this has been designated a no-smoking cinema. Those of you who wish to smoke should do so in the lavatories. And will be tied to if you get caught. May we also remind patrons not to leave their bags on the floor unattended. Our staff are very poorly paid and most of them have criminal records. There now follows the commercials at the end of which the curtains will close so that we can reduce the size of the screen for the actual film. And now, Radioactive presents... Commercial Time! Needing a bath? Or perhaps you want to clean your teeth? Or maybe the car needs a wash? Well, whichever it is, why not try using water? It's still one of the cleanest liquids around, and it's so easy! Here's Mrs. Wolf of Fennet. My husband wanted boiled potatoes for his supper one night, so I boiled one lot of potatoes in water and another lot in paint stripper. Mm -hmm. Well, the ones I cooked in paint stripper were all blue and poisonous, uh -huh. but the ones I cooked in water were just right. Yes, take it from Mrs. Wharf. Water's best. I wouldn't pass up my water for anything now. <laughs> If you are driving a long distance and begin to feel drowsy, pull over to the side of the road. Get out and stretch your legs, and then continue driving with a window open. Don't. Drink a hot cup of Ovaltine, change into your pyjamas, and prop a nice comfy pillow up against the window. That was another depressingly obvious public information announcement. Festival. Well, this Nigel Pryor, him man here with stars of today, tomorrow, and uh, who knows, uh, yesterday. And uh, now here, starlet Kim Dolby, uh, all assembled in conference for the interest of the uh, press. And with that interest, Nigel Pryor, not so much as a hotel bar. Uh, Miss Dalby, uh, Bud Simpson, Washington Post, can I ask you about your relationship with Hal Berkeley, the director of this movie? 
We are very good friends, but I'd rather discuss my work in the film rather than any relationship I might or might not have with him right now. Okay. Could I ask you, then, what your relationship is with Hal Berkeley? No, I don't want to discuss my relationship with Hal. I thought I'd make that clear. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Miss Dolby, Harold Burbridge, odds editor, Financial Times in London. Oh, hi. I'm screwing Barclay at the moment. What? Look, I've had enough of this. Okay. Right. If I hear one more word about my sex life, this press conference is over. All right. Okay, okay. Yes. Miss Dolby, uh, why do you put your meteoric rise to stardom down? Right, that's it. That was your last chance. Channel. Well, uh, Mike Channel here. I'm now in the foyer of the Gaumont, as I was forcibly thrown out of the cinema <laughs> asking for a choc ice in the uh, intermission. And uh, one of the strange things about the foyer is that they are doing a thriving trade in hiring videos, including the film I nearly managed to watch. <laughs> now, be that as it may, it gives me the chance to bring you a rundown on the top ten videos on offer at the moment. New in at number ten, nine and a half weeks, with a lot of sex and a bit of violence. At number nine, Rambo, a lot of violence and a bit of sex. Number eight, and it's flesh and blood, a lot of sex and a lot of violence. Number seven, Nightmare on Elm Street, a lot of sex and a lot of violence and a lot of excretia, mainly from the audience. At number six, it's Biggles, a lot of sex, a lot of violence, and there must be some mistake here. At number five, and My Beautiful Laundrette, a bit of sex, a bit of violence, a lot of washing machines. Absolute beginners, no sex, no violence, and no plot. And the top three, number three, out of Africa, a lot of plot, no sex, and a lot of lions. Jewel of the Nile, some more lions, some plots, some violence, and a lot of Kathleen Turner. And number one, it's Jagged Edge, a lot of sex, a lot of violence, and a brilliant plot in which it turns out in the end that the murderer was... The football coach. Here at That's all right. Um, it's me. Uh, well, well, to find out exactly how a film is made, I've I've come on to the set of John Boer's latest film. Okay, roll cameras and action. So, what's uh, going on here exactly? Cut. So, what, what's going on here exactly? I was going to ask you the same question. Oh, I'm Martin Brown from uh, Radioactive. And well, I... just stand still and keep quiet. If you've got any questions, I'll try and answer them later, okay? Oh, okay. Okay, let's go again. Roll cameras and... Action! So what exactly does action mean? <laughs> what? Uh, what? It means we start the action. Oh, so action means, um... Action, then. <laughs> yeah, okay, roll cameras and action! I've had enough of you, you swine! Oh, that's not very nice, is it? Cut! It's not very nice hitting him like that. She is acting, dummy. Oh. <laughs> she, she doesn't really hate him, then. All right, let's try and get one more in the camp before we run out of time. Roll cameras and... Action! I'll say it, thank you very much. Okay. And action! Cut! Get me the key grip! Uh, what, what, what does he do exactly? I'll show you. No, oh, oh, yes, yeah, that's very impressive. Radioactive! Last year, Lionel Richie won the Best Music Award here in Nice with a song he wrote for a film about Glasgow football hooligans. See you, see me, see him, Jimmy. <laughs> He's back in Nice with the film The Ghoul from Beyond the Grave. The song he's going to sing isn't actually in the film, but Lionel Richie plays the title role. Darling, I got something to tell you. 
felt since long ago You, you are a lady Just in case you didn't know A lady, yes you are, I'm certain I checked in a Cause I just had a look You are a lady and I'm a man I guess you know what I mean You are a lady either that Or you're the strangest guy I've ever seen Of sexes, you're the one that's opposite I'm a him While you are a her, she of the female gender. That's the kind of woman I prefer. I don't mind you being a feminine. I'll still love you with all of my. radioactive team basking in the sunshine of Nice while I'm basking in the rainfall of Pinner, and in particular the dubbing studio where David Allen and Betty Heath are putting on the vital sound effects to the latest film on which the future of the British film industry depends. So, as you see in this scene, Bob Hoskins starts off sitting in a chair reading a newspaper. And to make this effect you're using uh, a newspaper. An actual newspaper, yes. Now he's uh, folding up the newspaper mm -hmm. and we cut to a scene where he's getting into his car. And he drives off. <laughs> That's the sound of him driving off, is it? Uh, well, we can't really do cars, I'm afraid. I see. So what happens next? Well, the car stops, mm -hmm. and he gets out of the car, and he goes up to the corner of the street, and he buys a newspaper. Yes. That's one of our specialities. Yes, yes, I can see you're good on newspapers. And now we cut to the big final scene, the big fight, where he wipes out the other underground bosses. Yes, yes. This is a newspaper again, isn't it? That's right. So he seems on the screen to be using a submachine gun. Yeah, well, you'll never notice the difference when you see the film. No, probably not, but then I have no intention of going to see the film. Oh. And I'll thank you to buy me another newspaper. Can I have it back? Here at the Nice Festival, we've got all of the stars. We've got epics, we've got musicals, we've even got cartoons. Well, the Bulgarian entry for the prize patio doors of this year's uh, Nice Soissons Awards 
is the four-hour Bulgarian existentialist farce in which a doctor from Sofia reconciles his fate with the oneness of his cosmic self whilst his mother-in-law maintains the inner being is independent of extraneous universal imperatives with hilarious consequences. One of the few American stars who's made it over here is the actor Tom Shepard, whose reward is going to be to talk to Oivind Vinstra. More a booby prize than a reward if you ask me. Still, I understand Oivind is actually going to attempt to conduct this interview in English. You're a mongatak. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Anna. So, Tom Shepard, <laughs> what do you think you're doing at the moment? What am I doing at the moment? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm here to publicize Drawl, the new John Huston movie. What good is it? <laughs> How good is it? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, very good, I'd say, but then I'm in it. Oh, yeah. Not many people like you as an actor. Pardon me? There are not many people like you as an actor. Oh, right. Yes, thank you. So, so uh, how big are your parts? So, how big are your parts? My, my part in the film, how big is it? Yeah, on with the music. Well, I play, I play the leading role of Ed, who murders his sister, played by Sissy Spacek. Did you get it on with her? We got on very well together, if that's what you're asking. I believe she's a real prostitute. A real prostitute to work with. A professional? Yeah. Yes, uh, she, she's very good at her work, oh, yeah. So, what's, uh, what's happening now? With my career, you mean, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm currently working on a political thriller. It's uh, about the way in which information is suppressed by the American government. Oh, sexy. <laughs> really, no, it, it comes out in about three weeks. Anyway, it's called Info. Thank you for talking with me about these films, viewers. And I hope you have more luck in the future. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. And so the festival comes to an end, and the prize door has been taken off its hinges for another year. The winning film was the American thriller Lost and Found and Then Mislaid Again in L.A. And the leading actor of that film was Robert D. Packer. Yeah. Robert, uh, tell us, what's the film about? Well, uh, it's, uh, uh, oh, it's kind of uh, hard to explain. Uh, mm. Yes, particularly uh, for you, as you're obviously completely inarticulate. Uh, <laughs> just uh, go away. Uh, well... <laughs> appropriate then that the festival should end with a tribute to Hitchcock because that's really very much what this festival has been about hitches and cock ups since the days <laughs> Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Bowman, Michael Fenton Stevens. Song by Steve Brown and Philip Bowman. Another program was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins with additional material by Michael Fenton Stevens. The producer was Paul Mayhew Archer. Next week, at the same time, Radioactive will be presenting a 60th birthday tribute to Marilyn Monroe. Nigel Pry will be setting out to analyse her career, play extracts from her most famous films, and talk to her live in her Hollywood home. <laughs>
that's what he was setting out to do, <laughs> until someone pointed out that Marilyn Monroe had in fact died over 20 years ago, some 10 years before Nigel himself passed away. 